Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Greeny with you presented by Progressive Insurance. Buster in this hour on the Goodyear hotline. A lot of conversation about baseball's unwritten rules kerfuffle of the week. We'll get back to that. A little later, the golf comes up later this week. A reminder, ESPN Plus has live daily coverage of the PGA from the Ocean Course at Kiowa this weekend, tomorrow through Sunday. Stream the exclusive main feed every morning, featured groups every day, much more. Sign up now at ESPNPlus.com slash golf. If you're a golf person, as I am, ESPN Plus is a must. So much good golf there. I love this event. I have a feeling they're... There just isn't going to be that much choose for the PGA. Yes, I mean, is that right? Are, are I think my... that's right. Have you have you played this course before? Yes, by the I way? have the yeah. Ocean Course. Uh, here's what I will tell you about it: that everyone I know considers it to be one of the hardest golf courses they've ever played. And here's why: I didn't have that experience. I think I'm the only person who played that golf course on a day there was no wind at all. It huh. was the stillest, calmest day you've ever had on your entire life. And it is a course that is made much more challenging by the wind. Um, which it is supposed to be unimaginably windy this weekend. So you want to see guys shooting big numbers? I think this is going to be the weekend for you. I think it is going to be the conditions are going to be very challenging. That'll be going on this weekend. NBA playoffs will be going on this weekend. The Clippers are getting set for their first-round matchup. You know who they're playing? Not the Lakers. That's who they're playing. They're playing the Not the Lakers. Ty Lue, the coach of the Clippers, after his team ducked the Lakers by tanking their final two games of the regular season, said, quote, I don't give a damn what anybody else thinks on the outside. We decided to go health over anything else. We finally got our team healthy, and that's what we're focused on. He later added, whatever people say on the outside, I don't care. I don't read Twitter, have Twitter, and Insta-twit, all that. I don't care about all that. I'm my own man. I do what I want to do. That's how I live my life. Let's just unpack that for a brief moment here, can we? He actually said Insta-twit? That was, that was Ty Lue or Bill Belichick? That was, that's what I mean. Like, when Bill Belichick says that, I actually sit back and think to myself, does he really not know? Or is he saying that for effect? Like when he said, I think he said Insta-face or something like that, when he accidentally mixed up Instagram and Facebook. I think Bill Belichick knows what those are. And I think he has a reason for pretending he doesn't. Ty Lue is just talking nonsense. I mean, that's just nonsense. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Ty Lue is 15 years younger than I am. He doesn't know what Instagram is called. He's never heard of it. Insta-twit. Come on, that's just ridiculous. What are you doing? Just own up to it. We, we made a decision. People don't like it. I don't care. Now, I learned a lesson yesterday in this spot. A caller called me out on it later in the show, and you have to learn from your mistakes. I can't sit here and yell and scream about how people can't just talk about how much better things were in the old days and keep doing it myself. So I will not always fall back on that. But can I tell my favorite Michael Jordan story with regards to this? Please. I I, I need to tell a Michael Jordan story, even if it doesn't necessarily suggest what Ty Lue should do or say. I just like the story. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. This is how I think Ty Lue should handle this. I remember the Knicks and the Bulls are playing one of their legendary playoff series, early 90s. Ewing against Jordan, Riley against Phil. Those series were epic. And for me personally, they were very special because, A, I was really just starting my career. So being around all that stuff was just incredible anyway. But here I am, a kid from New York who grew up with Knicks season tickets. Now I'm covering the Bulls. 
working for the all sports radio station in Chicago. So the, my perspective on the whole thing was just weird and crazy. And I was obsessed with it completely in every way. I, I, I I still remember that so fondly. I don't even know how to put it into words, but anyway, that was at a time when everyone's big complaint was that Jordan got all the calls. My father went to his grave saying Michael Jordan got every call. Michael, every single call. The statue of him should have been him pushing off. That was my father's line. He's, my father said that the pose of Michael Jordan in his statue should have been him pushing off with his left hand because he always did and got away with it. That was my dad for you. But anyway, the Knicks are all complaining. So we're at a practice. The way these things would work in those days were on the off days of the series – both teams would practice in the arena so the reporters could you know, be there and get both of them. You didn't have to go to wherever the Knicks were practicing here and the Bulls were practicing there. They'd be in there. So we are in Chicago, uh, in the old Chicago Stadium. The Knicks do their practice. The Bulls are going to come out and do their practice. And the Knicks are complaining like crazy that Jordan's getting all the calls, Xavier McDaniel and all these guys. So all of us reporters now, we run over to Michael's locker. And I get there right in the front because I really wanted to be the one to ask him about it because I just knew his answer was going to wind up on SportsCenter. And I wanted to be on SportsCenter, having no idea that four years later I'd come work here. But whatever, like I wanted to be the one who asked him that question. So we all gather. Jordan comes in, sits down, looks up. He's ready. I say, Michael, the Knicks are all complaining that you get all the calls. And he pauses and he says, so? And that was the end of his answer. And that is what Ty Lue should say. People should say to Ty Lue, you know, there's a lot of complaining out there. This idiot Greeny is on the radio yelling and screaming that you guys are ducking the Lakers. And he literally should say, so? And that could be the answer. And he'd be right. It is my job to yell and scream about whatever I want. It's his job to win a championship. And until someone changes the rules... He can do it however he wants to go about it. I hate it, but it's not his job to care if I hate it or not. It's much, I would much rather have him say so. Let me ask you a question. Bubba, you are uh, an expert in this area. Let me explain for those of you who don't know. Uh, Bubba has a long history with, um, with debate. He was uh, actually a champion debater, world class, has written several books on the subject, uh, the best of which uh, known was called Debate by Bubba. And... The question is, which would be the more effective response if you're just trying to make the point that you really don't care what people say? I'll give you two options. One, if Ty Lue had said, so? Or two, if he had said, I don't have Twitter and Insta-twit. Which of those two things do you think is the more effective way of getting across the message that he was trying to deliver? I think you got to go with so. Don't you think? The conciseness of it? Right? Got to love a good so. I mean, but, but that's like, like you're, that, in that case, what, what you're doing when you say, I don't have InstaTwit, is you're acknowledging you care. A you're lot. basically saying, I care so much that I'm going to pretend I don't even know this is being said. I mean, it's the, you're making the opposite point of the point you're trying to make. When you're a, how old is Ty Lue? Look that up for me quickly. He's 44. He's 44 years old. I'm 53. I've been on Twitter 10 years. I don't know what Instagram is. I don't have InstaTwit. I'm sorry, Ty. Come on. What the hell are you talking about? InstaTwit? <laughs> My mother is on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? So, so I would much rather have so than InstaTwit. That would be my personal opinion. One way or another. I'm ready to go right now. Green Light, green light. with Greeny. Give me the green light. 
Buy myself another green light today, presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. We yelled and screamed about our first green light today, which was about the baseball unwritten rules kerfuffle. This one is entirely different. I say this in all sincerity. I cannot fathom the courage of Kevin Pillar and all others like him. Kevin Pillar of the Mets. Have you seen what he looks like? Kevin Pillar got hit in the face by a 94-mile-an-hour fastball, suffered multiple nasal fractures, is extremely fortunate that he did not have any further injury than that. They did CAT scans. It does not appear he had any sort of concussion or anything. He walked out and handed the lineup card to the ump for the Mets last night, and he's talking about how quickly he can get back out there playing this game that he loves. In all honesty, Hembo, I mean, you played baseball at a reasonably high level. You played into college much, much more than I did or than most people do. How would you describe the, the courage that it takes, having been hit in the face with a 94-mile-an-hour fastball, to go and stand in there again, which you know he will? Well, it takes that much courage to do it any time because you know that this is always a possibility. But the fact that he's already saying day after that he's eager to do it again is remarkable. And... It'll be interesting to see when he does return. Like what, like John, John Carlos Stanton, you might recall, a few years ago had this same issue. Yes, he got hit in the face. Bounced back and did great. You're just a different kind of breed. If you're willing to stand in there and see a 95-mile-per-hour fastball, you have to know that this is a possibility, albeit a slight one. But like you said, when you see that guy talk, and you, like, if you've not seen it today, go on the Internet and just look at Kevin Pillar during this press conference. It is unfathomable. That a day ago, he took a fastball to the face and is already talking about wanting to play baseball again. It really is. Yeah. So, so I, really, I just wanted to make that point, that I really do admire that courage. There, there is the fine line. I've said this about football players forever. There is the fine line that separates bravery from insanity. Football players routinely uh, straddle that line. I, I think there's an element of this, too. Like, there's an element of just you got to be a little bit crazy to be able to do that. And, and it, I mean that in the best possible way. And if you're a pitcher that is inclined to be a headhunter, take a look at that video, too. Because that is what can happen anytime you throw a baseball in the big leagues. And that's exactly why Major League Baseball needs to legislate headhunting out of the game. Buster is going to join us a little bit later. But coming up next, I will tell you who is going to be the MVP next year. And it's not anyone you're thinking. That's next on ESPN Radio. KJZ. When Katie thinks about who are the best players in the game, he loves Michael Jordan. You know why? Michael Jordan had the complete arsenal. And I'm not saying I'm speaking for Katie, but like, all right, like you're honest, you're good, but you're not me. Want more from the NBA? Don't miss Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Tomorrow morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg, code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Buster only will join me in 15 minutes on the Goodyear Hotline. Great guests today across the network. Kevin Love's going to be on with Barton Hahn today, 1 o'clock Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can listen on the ESPN app. Five-time All-Star NBA champion Kevin Love with Barton Hahn coming up a little bit later today. Meanwhile. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening unsolicited advice my unsolicited advice today is for you and that is i think i can help you make a few bucks i preface this as always by saying you should never ever under any circumstances gamble with money that you cannot afford to lose without even thinking about it but if you can i got a nice little wager for you so i'm thinking back about recent nfl history Three years ago, the MVP of the National Football League was Patrick Mahomes. He was in his second year playing quarterback. The year after that, the MVP of the NFL was Lamar Jackson. He was in his second year playing quarterback. Aaron Rodgers interrupted that a year ago by having a brilliant season. But this year, at 20 to 1, I think Justin Herbert in L.A. is a sneaky, excellent choice. And let me tell you why. First off, he had no business being as good last year as he was. Not only was there a truncated offseason and no preseason, but he wasn't supposed to be the starter. So he didn't get all of the work. He didn't wind up starting a game until he found out he was making his first start like 20 minutes before kickoff of his first game because someone gave the wrong injection or in the wrong spot to the starting quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. Justin Herbert should have had no business being ready to play. Not only was he ready, he was brilliant. He was as good as pretty much any rookie quarterback that you've ever seen, and he did that behind a terrible offensive line that ranked 31st in the league in pass protection last year. Well, since then, they drafted a stud left tackle in the first round in Rashawn Slater, and in free agency, they signed two guards and a center. So they've completely remade the offensive line. They also lost a ton of one-possession games last year. It felt like every game they lost last year was by one play. They made a coaching change. You all of a sudden start turning those around. Law of averages falls in your favor. The way you win the MVP is by putting up huge numbers on a team that exceeds expectation. People are not going to go into this season expecting the Los Angeles Chargers to win 13 games. I think they will. I think Justin Herbert is going to be great. 
They had a great draft all the way around. I think they're going to win a bunch of games this year. And I think at 20 to 1 odds, Justin Herbert is a sneaky, excellent pick to be the league MVP next year. What were you looking up there? I was looking up that they, they lost seven one-score games last year. And to further your point about his unpreparedness, I had, I had no recollection of this. Tyrod Taylor started week one. Yeah. I, to, I totally forgot. And he, he was he, starting he week two. <laughs> he got all the practice the week of week two. He had to have a pain-killing shot before the game. They injected it wrong. I, I forgot what they did, but they did something wrong to where he couldn't play. I think they, they numbed up a part of him that you can't play without. And all of a sudden, ego kid, yeah. go out there and play. And he wound up playing against Kansas. He played against all these good teams, and he stared them right in the face. Brady, everybody. Herbert is a stud. Stud. And I'm telling you right now, he's a sneaky, excellent pick for MVP of the league. By the way, I mentioned Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. They're two of four quarterbacks who won the MVP in their second seasons. Dan Marino and Kurt Warner are the others. And Hembo told me during the break, he has a trivia question for me related to that, and it is what? There are two other players, they did not play quarterback, that won MVP of the NFL in their second season. Can you name either? Can you name both of those players? Well, the, 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 the position at which you tend to come in and make the greatest impact immediately is running back, and running back is what used to be the most popular position for MVP. So the first thought I have when you say that can I go back a ways? I mean, is, if, if I go back a ways, am I thinking along the right line for at least one of them? You are. I'm thinking of O.J. Simpson. That is incorrect. Okay. I'm, I mean, but Jim that, Brown? Jim Brown is correct. Okay. And, and is the other one going back that kind of far? Just give me Close. some kind of a hint. 70s. It's going back to the 70s? All right. Don't tell me. I'm going to get that. You got this. The 70s is this. my time. So the, the stud running backs who came into the league in the 70s were Eric Dickerson, Kurt Warner, not not the quarterback, but the running back, Kurt Warner, George Rogers, Billy Sims, all those guys. You're missing came. an obvious one. You're missing a fairly obvious stud running back that came in in the late 70s. Late 70s? Earl Campbell, Tony Dorsett. Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell? Is the correct answer. Okay. What year did he come into the league? 78. Oh, really? I thought it would have been a little earlier than that. Okay, so the two other... Second-year MVPs were those two guys. There you go. I like it. I like the trivia question. In the meantime, the point remains. I like Justin Herbert a lot as a sneaky, interesting prop bet to be the MVP of the league this season. In the meantime, I I just wanted to mention, speaking of MVPs, I liked your tweet yesterday. For those of you who follow Hembo on Twitter, if you don't, you should. Because if you're a baseball fan, you love his stuff. But you tweeted yesterday, the baseball gods have done us wrong. Tell everybody how. Dear injury baseball gods, Mike Trout and Jacob deGrom are the only two players that we asked you to protect at all costs, and you could not. That's how I feel. Like that's the, Each of those players, they were, they were your picks to win the MVP in each of their respective leagues, were on pace for all-time great seasons, but they've not been able to stay healthy. And I'm afraid this, they're going to see a rash of injuries this season because last season was sh- so short. And that's something that I think we're going to see around the game. Well, there's, there's been already, I was reading this morning about how many of the soft tissue injuries that we're getting. And that's what you have here with Trout. <clears throat> it's a calf. Actually, I think that the injury diagnosis on him wound up being good news because he thought he had t- torn his Achilles. He heard a pop. He said he heard a pop and thought that he'd been hit in the back of the leg with a line drive while literally just jogging off the field. So he thought he had torn his Achilles. So the fact that he will come back this year at all, they're sort of suggesting is good news 
But in six to eight weeks on Trout, we'll see how quickly he's able to get back and how healthy he's able to be. That does set up his teammate Shohei Otani as the overriding and overwhelming favorite for MVP in the American League. That's right. Trout was the favorite to win that award before his injury. Otani was second in line, so presumably Otani will be the favorite, and we're not going to see Trout at least until the All-Star break. And let me read you a tweet that I saw actually while we were on the air. Marcus Stroman, now 52 minutes ago, tweeted this. Otani is a mythical legend in human form. What he's doing is beyond incredible. Everyone in the big leagues is in awe of his talent. What if Patrick Mahomes rushed the passer like Miles Garrett? What if James Harden protected the rim like Rudy Gobert. That is what Shohei Otani is doing. He's normalizing something that is unfathomable. I feel, like you said earlier, I played baseball up through college. College coaches don't let you play two ways. Sometimes high school coaches don't let you play two ways. He is not only playing two ways, but on any given day, he could be the best pitcher and hitter in baseball. I, I, the football analogy is a better one to me than the basketball, because in basketball, everyone does do both things. So you can be exceptional at both. In, in football, no one does both things anymore. And in baseball, no one does both of these things. That is a great analogy. He is Patrick Mahomes and Miles Garrett rolled into one right now. I had a buddy, buddy text me yesterday and asked, Paul, is Shohei Otani one of one? And I said, no, he's one of never like, this is not something that we'll ever see, that we've never seen before in our lifetime and likely we'll never see again. Okay, again, I don't even know you as Paul. I'm not even sure who you're referring to. Paul. That is your name, but that disturbs me. Buster Only will join us next. His name is Robert Stanberry Only the Third, and he's next on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny. We are live at the Seaport District of Pier 17. We're brought to you by Chase, Robert, Stanberry, only in 30 seconds on the kerfuffle of the day. We will spend those 30 seconds reminding you of this message from ZipRecruiter. The football offseason is always wild with trades and free agent signings and new coaches hirings. Teams have to be excited for the coming season. And if you want to hire people you're really excited about, team up with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job, actively invites them to apply. It's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. To try ZipRecruiter for free, just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. 
The question of the day is, which side of the baseball kerfuffle are you on? We have all taken our sides, but I wanted to bring in my favorite baseball person, and that is Robert Stanberry, only the third, Buster, uh, on the Goodyear hotline to share his perspective on this. So, Buster, we've set the stage here. The guy hits a, your, your mean Mercedes hits a home run off a position player on a 47-mile-an-hour pitch with the count 3-0 and in an 11-run game with two outs in the ninth the other night, and all sorts of mayhem ensues. Where do you, Buster, only fall in this entire debate? Absolutely in the new school of thought. Look, Aaron Boone is a friend of ours, you know, manager of the Yankees, and a couple of years ago I was talking to him about this. He's a part of three generations of Boones who played in the major leagues. And he said, you know, I've always thought of myself as old school, but when you really break it down and think about what some of the rules are, they're pretty stupid. I mean, think about the, the absurd position that the old school Tony La Russa have taken on this whole uh, situation where their feeling is it's okay to quit, right? It's okay to throw a position player out there throwing 47 miles per hour, and it's also okay if you don't like the count that the hitter swings in, you get to drill the hitter with a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. That is so stupid. I thought Tony... Uh, LaRusso, when he took over as manager uh, of the White Sox, he was really smart because he'd been away from managing for 10 years, and he said, I'm going to talk to my players, I'm going to learn from them. I really think he needs to go back to them now and say, hey, Tim Anderson, hey, Lance Lynn, uh, tell, tell me what, uh, how you're feeling about this situation because I think he will find he is behind the times. Okay, so a couple of things. First off, I guess Lance Lynn did disagree with him, and they asked LaRusso about it. This was just given to me during the break. And LaRusso's response was, Lance Lynn has a locker. I have an office. Which I, I have to tell you, Buster, I think is one of the great answers I've ever heard to a question in my life. So there's that. Then there's the next part. This is why I disagree with you, Buster, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I am totally on the new school side of almost all of these debates. And I actually do agree with you on the whole drilling the guy. I, I, am, I am completely opposed to them having thrown at him last night. That, to me, is separate and apart from this. But the whole idea of hitting the home run in that situation, to me, Buster, is not old school versus new school. It's Bush League versus not Bush League. And let me give you an analogy. You are a fan of the Minnesota Vikings. So your Vikings are beating, I'm just making this up, your Vikings are playing the Dolphins week seven, and you're winning 35-6 to with 30 seconds left, and you have the ball. And instead of taking a knee, Kirk Cousins throws a 50-yard touchdown pass. Are you feeling good about that, or are you thinking that's Bush League? I really wish you would have made it into a Super Bowl comparison because that would have been the first the Vikings ever won. <laughs> uh, I get it, and that's, I think you're absolutely right when it comes to the NFL, but baseball is different. What I would say to Tyler Duffy today at Rockaball Deli, because the Twins had another plate appearance, hey, if, if the opposing pitcher in the subsequent inning after he hits the home run had walked three straight guys, you get a couple hits, would you guys have continued to try to win? The answer, of course, would have been, Yes, baseball is timeless, okay? There's not a clock. It's not the NFL where you have two seconds for Kirk Cousins to kneel. You actually have to play out the outs, which is why I don't think that it applies. And by the way, I think part of the the lecture that Tony would get if he actually asked his players about the new school rules, in the new school, you don't throw your players under the bus publicly, which Tony certainly did last night. And how about this idea? Rather than throw at the opposing hitter, how about picking up a phone uh, if you're Rocco Baldelli or Tyler Duffy and say, you know what, you mean? I, I really didn't like what you did, and here's why. 
and then you have your conversation, you move on. Okay. I, 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 I'll go ahead. No, I'm with that. I mean, again, but I think we're having two different conversations in one, which is to say how these things are adjudicated. What's the word I'm looking for? How they police themselves in the sport. I agree with you. I'm new school in that. The time for all that stuff is over. But once again, on a 3-0 and count, in an 11-run game with two outs in the ninth inning on a 47-mile-an-hour pitch from a position player, I'm actually on board with saying, you know what, don't swing at that. That, to me, is not old-school, new-school as much as it is Bush League versus not Bush League. That's the distinction, and the only distinction I'm making, Buster. No, I totally disagree with you. I think the culture is evolving to this, and I think it'll get to this point where the general feeling is, you do you, and I'll do me. Okay. Uh, in terms of, I'll handle my business. If it's okay for the Minnesota Twins to bring in a pitcher and make a mockery of the game and quit in the middle of a game, that's fine. That's up to them. And the White Sox can decide whether or not they want to swing on 3-0 and and steal bases. Buster Everyone, just leave it to yourselves. Buster is on the Goodyear hotline helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Meanwhile, Buster, you ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. I want you to stick around for this if you can. Do you have a few more minutes? Oh, yeah. Okay, here's the next issue, because you know our friend Mr. Hembo very well. Hembo uh, provides baseball insight to Buster on his podcast, the Baseball Tonight podcast, and many other places. Now, Hembo provides a lot of information to a lot of people. I'm just the one who was smart enough to put him on the air. But anyway, the point of it is this. Hembo has an etiquette question. And Buster, I'd like you to weigh in on this. And, of course, Bubba will ultimately make the decision because, as you may not know, but Bubba, before his long and very successful career now in radio production, was actually one. He majored in this. He has written several books on the subject of etiquette, the most famous and best-selling of which was called Etiquette by Bubba. So Bubba will ultimately be the one who, who rules on this. But Hembo has a question. Go ahead, Mr. Hembo. Bubba, let me paint a brief picture. Yesterday was a beautiful day in suburban New Jersey where I live. It was warm, it was sunny, and so I decided to go for a run around the neighborhood, and I decided to do so without my shirt on. I decided to do so topless, and I have to admit, it was delightful. But then, but then, Bubba, I come down the home stretch, the street in which we live, and I was met with what I, can only be des- what I could only describe as sort of an unmistakable glare, a glare from my next-door neighbor. Now, she is uh, 80 years old. Mm-hmm. I would describe her as perpetually cantankerous if I, if I had to describe her as anything. And from best I can tell, she's lived there just about all of her life. So okay. what I'm afraid of is that she's sort of established house rules here that I was not aware of. I was met by said glare, felt very uncomfortable in my own skin. So my question is, uh, Bubba, what is the etiquette on running around my neighborhood topless? So my feeling would be... Okay, let's get Buster uh, in first. Go ahead, Buster. My feeling would be, uh, same as I said with baseball, you do you and I'll do me. I'll make my decision. If I feel like running without my shirt, that's fine. I can promise you, now that I'm 57 years old, there's no chance I'd be running without a shirt. Here's the thing. Running, walking, anything. Here's what I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning Buster only walking around suburban New York, walking his dog with no shirt on, just a pair of shorts... Walking on, he's got the dog on the leash there. He's got, I don't know, what, what, what do we envision he's doing? Is he smoking a cigar? Do you see Buster smoking? I don't think he is a cigar smoker, but that's what I'm trying to picture. I'm saying, I'm talking, Bubba, I'm talking no shirt. In the neighborhood, mm-hmm. outside of your own house, where do we stand on walking around with no shirt on, Bubba? I'm agreeing with Buster here. 
If you have to go no shirt, you have to go no shirt. I don't see the issue with it. What's, no, what is what the problem? Are you, what is the matter with you people? Well, you can't have go you around no, with no shirt. What's the problem? It, it, it's summertime. Have you no decorum whatsoever? I mean, what? Where He's got were you? pants on. What do you mean decorum? I'm wearing, I'm wearing pants. They're shorts, fairly short shorts. Like, I was... I was definitely pushing the edges of modesty. Oh, that might be a bit much, but halfway down the thigh. Yeah, so so now we're getting into a whole the whole you do you thing. Just going and for a run. What do you need a shirt on for? Who cares? At a certain place, there's the legendary Winston Churchill line, which says we've established who you are. Now we're just trying to figure out the price. And what I'm trying to say is that there is a point at which you do you becomes my problem. So if if you are walking around my neighborhood mm-hmm. with no shirt on, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not crazy about it. Now, if you're out for a run, that's one thing. But, you know, you have to be consistent with this stuff, Buster. Well, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about running. No. Okay. But so are you okay walking the dog? Now I'm walking my dog. I got Phoebes, Buster, uh, Bubba. I got Phoebe. And I'm out for the little walk of the dog there. I got, as I do when I walk her, I've got the, the, the dog bags. I got the little, you know, the bags in the one pocket and the treats in the other pocket. Because you give her a little treat when she does her business. Very <laughs> proud of that. So I got the two things. I got the, and I'm walking around no shirt on. You're good with that? I'm walking the dog shirtless in the neighborhood, Bubba. You're happy with that? Yeah, I mean, hey, if, if it's hot out and you want to go shirtless, you want to walk the dog, I don't see the big deal. What is the matter with you? Buster, jump in here. Uh, I, I, you can do anything you want. It's up to you, Greeny, if you want to do that. And what I'd say to Hembo's neighbor is, you do have the option of looking the other way. You don't have to stare at Hembo's fine body. No. Oh! <laughs> See, now you've turned it into something it did not need to be. <laughs> Here's my concern, though, with the neighbor, Greeny. I have a, a variety of concerns. Go ahead. So my concern is that this is not our first run-in. There was an instance, I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning to come in and, and do the show. So right. every day before I go, I take out the dog. And in one such instance, our dog, in, the, in her side yard, and I hear I knock, 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 knock. From the inside, at 3.30 in the morning, my neighbor is giving me a little finger wag, as in, your dog is not welcome peeing in my side yard in the middle of the night. Wait a minute. Your 80-year-old neighbor is awake at 3.30 in the morning and sees your dog peeing in her yard. Yeah. So, okay, we, we, we may have established a couple of things here. One mm. of them is you may have an unusual circumstance with your particular neighborhood <laughs> that in the interest of not making your life any more complicated, I won't expand upon any further. But this does not strike me as the greatest neighbor to have encountered. So you have that problem. Mm. But a whole separate issue that we have here is that I do believe that there is some decorum, there are some rules that we should all follow if we're all going to live in a society. And it is one thing for Hembo, who was young and in reasonably good shape, to be walking around with no shirt on in the neighborhood. But Buster, you just brought up the elephant in the room here, and I will say that both literally and figuratively. Many others might be walking around the neighborhood, and it'll be a lot less attractive of a sight. And now, you know, I I got people over. I mean, you know, any number of things are happening, and they're like, oh, nice neighborhood you have. Who the hell is that guy walking his dog, smoking a cigarette at four in the afternoon, and drinking, I got a beer in one. No, you know what he's got? He's got the universal signal for I've given up on my day. He's got the red Solo cup in one hand. Four in the afternoon, he's got the Solo cup, and he's got the cigarette, and he's walking around in a pair of cutoff shorts and no shirt on, and at four o'clock in the afternoon, Buster, I'm not having it. Look 
in another direction, okay? <laughs> You're allowed to look in another direction, and I agree with you. I would not walk outside without a shirt. I would not walk outside without a shirt. However, I, I am not going to look down on other people for doing that. Buster, when did you become so, wow. so je ne sais quoi? You became so devil may care. You've really thrown <laughs> what, what, what happened to the old sort of somewhat uptight Buster that I used to know and love? <laughs> I became a flatlander, right? I've been out of Vermont for so long now that the conservative roots that I had in Vermont have gone out of me. He did. He was raised on a Vermont dairy farm. That is Buster only with us right there. You know, Buster, before I let you go, you, you, when, when we mentioned Lance Lynn, I, I wonder, when I say Lance Lynn, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, Lance Lynn, I, well, that he's as direct and blunt as any player I've inter- ever interviewed, but that's not what you're looking for. No, it's not. I, I will tell you what comes to my mind. <laughs> Do you remember the World Series game in which Tony La Russa went to the bullpen and got the wrong reliever? Do you remember yes. that? And, and Lance, Lynn, Lance Lynn was involved in that, right? I think he wanted Lynn and didn't get him. Am I getting that right? I think you're right. Yes. And the next morning... You came on Mike and Mike, and we were taught the controversy or the, 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 the disconnect came where LaRusa said he went to the bullpen. He couldn't see who was up in the bullpen. He called for one guy, got another. And by the time that guy comes out to the mound, you're not allowed to make another change. That was the, the big story. And the next morning, you came on Mike and Mike, and you said, and you know, guys, it, it is a true thing because Tim Kirkchen and I went, we stood on the top step of the dugout, and we couldn't see over the wall. And Golick said, that's because second base was in the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well earned. Well played. (laughs) I I think at 18 years, it was the single funniest thing he ever said. That was the funniest moment that we ever had. You do not remember that? I don't remember that. Because I got made fun of for my height a lot by Golick. (laughs) (laughs) That's what. So I want to see Buster. That's my goal. Someone someone please take a picture if this happens. I want Buster walking around in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Cigarette in one hand, red solo cup in the other, no shirt on, just sort of devil may care. That's that's what I want to see. Buster, thank (laughs) you for your time and your perspective. Thanks, guys. All right, that's the great Buster Olney. Now, Bubba, let me come back to you again on this. Are there no rules? So you're saying walk around, no shirt on, whatever you want to do, we got no issue here regardless of the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Buster. I think, I mean, I'm not going to do it. I would hope, you hope people won't do it if they're not necessarily going to be looking good. But, hey, if you're going to do it, I think, hey, you're allowed to do it. Why not? I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to be like, what are you doing? It's what it's what happens. You you know you're enjoying the nice day. You're gonna, you want to go shirtless? You go shirtless. I can't believe which side of these arguments I've fallen on all day long. But I've gotten very old school in my old age, and I don't like it. Obviously, we're gonna start with the Lakers and Warriors. We gotta play Lakers basketball. We gotta defend at a high rate. We're playing, in my opinion, the MVP of our league this year, and Steph. So our team is rolling, playing great basketball. We're not going to this game thinking it's gonna be easy. All right, let's finish up where we began today, and that is with, in its own way. Like one of the most unique games I can ever remember. LeBron versus Steph, Lakers versus Warriors in a one-game do-or-die scenario where the loser is not finished and the playoffs haven't begun. Like Those are the circumstances of this very unusual game tonight. I suppose we'll get used to this because you heard Woj tell us yesterday the play-in tournament's not going anywhere. The NBA likes it. Frankly, I like it. So... We should all become accustomed to the play-in game. 
So we'll have to get used to this going forward. For the moment, it takes a little getting used to. The Lakers are a five-point home favorite tonight. LeBron's over-under is 26.5 points. AD's over-under is 25.5. Steph's over-under is 36.5. Here are the predictions that I will make. I believe that LeBron will finish under 26.5. I do not think he goes for a huge offensive night tonight. I think he has a triple-double with something like 22 points. I think Anthony Davis goes nuts. I think he goes over 25 and a half. I think Anthony Davis scores in the mid-30s. I think Steph Curry goes over 36 and a half points, but he does it on about a million shots. And unfortunately, I think the Lakers win going away tonight. I hope that we get a classic, but the Lakers minus the five at home, I would give the points in the blink of an eye. I hope I'm wrong. I think the Lakers win big. One way or another, we will be back and better than ever to cover it tomorrow morning for you on Get Up, first thing on ESPN TV, and then right back here, same time, same place, unquestionably, with shirts on, on ESPN Radio. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu.